What's up guys, Mike Lewis here, and welcome to the Mike Lewis Podcast. If you guys want to keep up with me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram at MikeLewisOfficial, and you can follow me on Twitter at MikeLew52, it's where most of my updates come. If you're enjoying my content, give me a like and a subscribe, and without further ado, let's just dive right into this episode. What's going on, folks? Welcome back. This is episode number 81. And if you're looking on your screen right now, folks, I went and uh, we got another Real World New Orleans cast member back here, Mr. Eric Patrick. What's going on, man? What's up, Mike? Episode number 81? You've done 81 of these? That's pretty impressive, dude. <laughs> I mean, probably a little more than that if you count some uh, after shows I've done, but official episodes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> 81 episodes. Congratulations, bro. I'm happy to be number 81. That's an ins- that's a significant number uh, starting now. Yeah. <laughs> ever go and uh, play flag football somewhere, number 81. <laughs> 81 with no repeats. Are there repeat guests on this? Had- um, not in like a solo capacity. Like I've like, you know, brought them together and they've been like okay. after show guests. So, you know. Gotcha. All right. I was just like, damn, I didn't even know there was 81 of us. That's that's so many. We've been on the, They were on the air for now. <laughs> well, it was nice to meet you, dude. All the way from – I'm living in Australia these days, so we're probably on, like, different vibes. It's uh, it's 1030 in the morning for me. Yeah, it's about uh, 830 p.m. over by me, so. Okay. All right. Where's your beer? Uh, you no, know, I left that in the fridge. <laughs> All right. Doing that. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll, I'll still keep up. Hope you're doing all right, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. How long you been in uh, Sydney for? Uh, okay. So most I've been in Sydney for two of the last three years. I was in Mexico for most of the pandemic, and then I was able to sneak my way back into Sydney uh, in December, and oh. that was a whole that was a whole adventure. But I I did like a hotel quarantine thing, and then uh, and now I'm back here. I'm doing stand up. The comedy world. And Australia treats me real nice, so um, that's I kind of stick around. This is like my home away from home. Is that what inspired the move, the uh, comedy? Yeah, yeah. Doing stand up, I'm able to tour around here. I was just up in like Brisbane, and I'm doing. I like that's why I sound a little hoarse now because I had a show that went pretty late last night in Sydney. So, oh. uh, but it's great, man. It's real fun. I got some festivals lined up for next year, so I'm here working on like a new hour show, which uh, will be over there probably. I'll probably try to sell it, and no one will buy it, and then you'll see it for free on YouTube. <laughs> How what what happened when uh, this whole pandemic started for you with that industry with uh, comedy? Did it take a hit? Oh, it was terrible, man. I was so I was living in Mexico because I was trying to do comedy in Spanish. Um, uh, see if you got any Spanish-speaking viewers, hola, manos. Puedo hablar español también. I'm very talented. All right. <laughs> uh, I was trying to do it there, and then like five shows in. The, you know, Mexico City just like closed down. I went to Oaxaca, tried to surf for a couple of months and it was just done. There was no industry. I was I was pretty much uh, left to my own devices, just doing uh, ayahuasca and mushrooms in the mountains in Mexico. And then uh, <laughs> until until I got the call to come back to Australia. Dude, that's nuts. Yeah, this um, I know the entertainment industry kind of was probably arguably hit the worst, I feel like, during this whole probably. process star yeah if you're in like crew or if you work you know like if you're a cameraman audio that kind of stuff like like those guys just like had no work for a while 
So I, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people, I felt really bad for um, like the younger crew of like the younger crop of comedians that had just started like two years ago, something like that. Cause they're like open micers or what, what have you. And there's still, I mean, even to this day, like the open mic scene is like done. So we lost like a generation of young comics. I'm worried. Because, uh, I mean, once you get, like, that long of a break, it's hard to get back into it. Yeah, no doubt. Is yeah. that what you were up to pre-Real World? Were you in the comedy uh, gig? Kind of. I think, like, right before Real World, I had just, I think I graduated university early. And so I was working uh, as, like, a contractor at the State Department in D.C. And I was doing stand-up, but I was, like, 18 months in. So I was one of those people I was just talking about. I was, like, a new a new guy probably wasn't ready. I was hoping the real world would bring me like college gigs, which it did. But then all of a sudden I had to do like an hour of stand up and I definitely didn't have an hour of stand up at the time. So I was I was winging it. And yeah. people and people left reviews saying that. So it was <laughs> it is what it is. They're like, I don't know if he knows what he's doing up there. <laughs> How was college life for you? Oh, it was great. Wow. Went to West Virginia University. Uh, if you go to if you have strict parents, it's important that you go to like a party school. I hear that West Virginia University is finally starting to turn around and and focus on like the scholastic part of like the university part of being in a university. Uh, but instead of instead of all the drinking and partying, but I would came from like a sheltered like single mom uh, environment. She was not having any of that like stay out late type lifestyle so i i needed it i like went out there and kind of like came into my own wow. so when you were going there it was a big party school then when i was going there it was a party school yeah but they've they've upped their game now it's not as embarrassing to say i graduated from there <laughs> <laughs> but it gave me like a lot of opportunity like that's probably where i got the travel bug because while i was in wvu i uh, i studied abroad i mean they had a lot of cool opportunities and they got like some really good like engineering architecture programs and I like studied in London for a while, and, like went up to Canada for a while, and then I came back to WVU. So I mean, you know, shout out to West Virginia, uh, they they did all right. You, you, you turned me into a decent a d- decent human. I reckon. <laughs> not not quite the uh, Arizona State party life though, right? Uh, at the time, maybe. At the time, we were this big football powerhouse, but uh, but less yeah. blondes, I imagine, less blondes in Arizona State. Yeah. <laughs> More snowboarding. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so what was your uh, casting process and story like to getting onto the show? How did it uh, lead you to Oh, know? man, that's an interesting story. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe your viewers are just like, well, I want to see Ryan again. I, I don't want to hear. But uh, <laughs> my story is interesting because my brother at the time, my younger brother, Brandon, who's turned into like a social media phenomenon. He's really? like a big. Yeah, he's like a big Instagram model, this dude. He's like a bodybuilder, and he's huge. But at the time, he was a very shy boy, and he was a huge real-world fan, like just enormous. And I had probably – like I was still young enough to be on the show, but I probably was like a year or two older than their target age because I was like 20, like 23. But nonetheless, they – my brother like sent an email to Buna Murray – and he just said uh, he pretended he was me. He probably did one for himself too, but he's never admitted that. But he wrote one on my behalf, and it had like four or five pictures with my shirt off, and it was just like uh, 
it was the douchiest sounding email ever. It's just like, yo, my name is Eric, but my friends call me E-Money. <laughs> uh, I'm a comedian, and I work for the State Department, and I'd be, I'd be perfect for the show. Holla at me. It was like that. And then the producers were like, this guy's a moron. We would love to have him. And they like, just sent me a message and said that, um, that I had like a VIP pass to go audition. And I, my brother hit me back, and he was like, dude, you got to go audition. Like, you got this pass. You don't have to wait in line. I never, ever would have auditioned if I had to wait in that line. Like, that's how pretentious and narcissistic I was, where I was like, I'm not standing in line for three hours to be on the real world. Like, not ever. But it worked. I took this piece of paper up to the casting place they were doing it in, like, Adams Morgan in D.C., which is my hometown. And uh, sure enough, I, I gave this this lady was standing outside. She had the little microphone, looked super legit, you know, like the Britney Spears, like, concert mic with the walkie-talkie in her hand. She was like, we got another one. You know, and like I went, I did, it was probably like three minutes I stood there and then I went and it was like a big group casting call, which you probably heard a bunch of times. And um, I think I remember some woman or this girl that was in the group with me, she looked up and then she was just like, I don't know what that is. She looked up and was just like, uh, who are you? You got some pretty eyes, boy. And then I think the casting guy, I think his name was Eric, but he looked up and, and saw like, he finally like looked at my face. I think he was just looking at the thousands of people. And he wrote my name down, and then it was just that was it. I got moved on to the next process, maybe just because of visually. And then I won him over with my personality, Mike. Wow. Yeah. So, so your brother signed you up then, but did he my brother he signed me up? Oh wow. Did, yeah. did he sign up himself, or did he just do it for you? So he says he just did it for me. That's his story. My own personal belief is, yeah, right. I don't think that's true. But uh, but he claims that he just signed up for me. He's been really close to getting on Big Brother himself. Really? I know that's like, yeah, that's still kind of like his. They started pulling Big Brother onto the main challenge now. Are they really? Yeah, for the last, like, I'd say three years now. Four, actually. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. Because I thought those were different, uh, like, production they are, companies. They are different networks, but... Oh, okay. And believe me, it's uh, it's been met with a uh, <laughs> some contention. Not, not, it's definitely not a clear yeah. cut, uh, you know, please pleasant uh, reaction out of the. We fans. don't want you, Big Brother scum, over here. All right. Yeah. In that challenge world. You stay <laughs> it, in your own universe. It, it started with Ari the One, but that at least is like MTV's network, you know. So maybe not as bad, but you know, then it's since devolved into like you know i just mentioned big brother they started pulling survivor dude it's gotten to the point where they have even had a uh, an america's got talent singer and a wwe wrestler have been on it's crazy now on the challenge they got a wwe wrestler on oh, this this is yeah this is getting ridiculous uh, <laughs> if i if now that means like i have to do steroids if i do this challenge thing i gotta go there just <laughs> slap in the face Water in, eating egg, raw eggs in the morning. I can do that. It's all right. I'm ready. Yeah, Put me know. on. Put me in, coach. <laughs> yeah, I want to dive back though into kind of all your, right. you know, casting. So you, I always ask like my guests, was it about um, you know, television or the experience? But in your case, it kind of seems like uh, you know, your brother just signed you up, and then like you were just yeah. going with the flow. So what really was oh, your? I, I mean, part of it was honestly just to see how far I could get. I remember, like, you know, because there's all these rounds of casting. And so I got through that first round. And I definitely was like, ah, I, I mean, I'm relatively interesting. So it kind of 
it's just an ego boost of like a confirmation of that for those first couple. But then when they like wanted me to go up to Philadelphia to do like the third round of like auditioning, I was like, oh, maybe I have a chance. And then they flew. Once I was getting on a plane to L.A. for the last round, I kind of just knew I was going to get it. I was yeah. like, nah, I'm going to I'm going to be I, I'm going to nail this um, just because I, I thought like it's not about like you getting cast over, you know, the however many thousands of people to be one of the seven or eight. I thought it was like me versus like the people who fit my demographic. Right. Like being a minority or like black male, whatever. And I was like, OK, well, me versus them. Like, how do I stick out? And I just thought by that point, I think I'm going to get on. And because I had been doing stand up comedy for like a year and a half at this point with some like varying degrees of success, I just thought like, oh, if I get this, maybe, you know, it'll uh, open the world up to like doing university shows and college shows and all that stuff. And it, it technically did. I was like, it did exactly what I, I was hoping it was going to do. So then that was like the new motivation, like as I got further and further into the process. Just like, oh, if I can, I need, I should do this. Like I convinced, it took me like three rounds to convince me that it was like the right thing to do. Yeah. Did, right. did any of your comedy come up during uh, any of the questions they ask you or, you know, when you use your personality? Oh man. I, yeah, I'm sure a little bit. I can't remember like any specific questions as far as like, like tell me a joke. Luckily, they're smart enough. To not be like, tell me, tell me a joke, then prove it. Because it's like, well, it doesn't really work that way. But uh, yeah, I'm sure it came up a bit, just like, a, you know, a, you think you're going to be the funny one. And I thought I was. When I got cast, I thought for sure, like, oh, they're casting me to be the funny guy. And then I met Knight, and I was like, oh, I'm the normal guy. I'm Knight's the funny guy. I'm, the, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I guess I'm just the one that's like, I can't believe you said that. Like, I'm the normal dude. Wow, yeah. So, so I want to ask you now because one of your, uh, you know, previous cast members within the past week had some uh, pretty choice opinions on the New Orleans location and with like, you know, the rules with like curfew with you guys, which I still find pretty uh, crazy. I mean, I heard that uh, they were having you guys have to come home by 12 a.m., which I thought was pretty unrealistic and unreasonable for uh, young, you know, teens or early 20 year olds. But um. What what was uh, your whole take on the New Orleans as a place? Maybe how are the people, the location, yeah. and you know, with the rules and whatnot? So I got really lucky. Uh, I don't know where to start with that, but I got first. I'll say just as far as New Orleans is concerned as a city, uh, you know, I lived outside of the United States for the most of the last ten, really ever since the real world. Like I kind of, I did New York for a stretch after the real world, but then I moved to the Dominican Republic and started this whole like. Anthony Bourdain lifestyle that I've been living. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I still tell people to this day that my favorite American city is New Orleans. When like people ask me if they want to go visit America, I'm like, yeah, go to go to New Orleans. Like New York is probably the best city and LA is a great idea, but like New Orleans is the best city in the United States. And it's because it's just it's like Vegas with culture. You know what I mean? Like it's this this place, this great Great food, great atmosphere, like just amazing people, super fun. It's like the perfect, you know, seven day vacation. And it's really small and it's walkable and it's just perfect. Uh, that being said, a 12 o'clock curfew in New Orleans is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like that city doesn't pop off until like 2 a.m. The drug of choice in New Orleans is alcohol. Every now and then, 
I have friends who are going to New Orleans who, um, whatever, I don't, I don't got anything to hide. But they might just hit me up and be like, hey, man, we're trying to find some insert illicit substance, right? And I'll just be like, dude, you can't find anything in New Orleans because everybody just prefers to drink. And there's like no last call. What's that? I said that's crazy. No, continue. Oh, yeah. There's, there's no last call. Like uh, everything is, is just open as long as somebody's willing to be out there buying alcohol. And so because when you're in cities like that, like I've lived in Europe for a while and, you know, places like Barcelona and um, uh, Paris and southern France, like they just pop off until like five in the morning. Like I remember going to nightclubs in Madrid and waiting in line at like three thirty, four o'clock in the morning to get into the club, right? And New Orleans has this like European like lifestyle where it's similar to that. Like you go to the club at like two thirty a.m. Versus where I come from in D.C., last call is two a.m. So yeah. yeah, so to think that we need to be home by midnight, it, it's just kind of like unfair, you know? Like because you're not really getting you're not really getting the soul of New Orleans. At 11 p.m. Like, real New Orleans is happening at, like, 1.30, 2.30 in the morning. But I get why they do it. Like, they got this expensive equipment, and people get more, you know, intoxicated and inebriated. And the last thing they want to do is, like, break a $50,000 camera uh, because because people are getting drunk and fighting at 2 a.m. So it makes sense. But it just – it is a bit of, like, a disservice to the city. Or to your experience in the city, if you're going to... Like, if you're doing a show in Denver, you know what I mean? If you're in, like, Salt Lake City, Utah, like, yeah, all right. All right, we can be home by midnight. You've seen what you had to see. You went kayaking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, what's wrong with Denver? Because that's, like, my uh, place of choice where, like, if I'm when I've done everything I want to do in life, I just want to chill there, but... Denver is great. No, Denver is is amazing. I just... It's just not a place you need to be out at 2 a.m., yeah. yeah, like it's a great place. You you can have a whole lot of fun in Denver, and if you're going home at 11 p.m., it's like, yeah, well, you did everything you had to do today. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. In New Orleans, it's like you're going home at 11, dude. There's gonna be a parade in like three hours. <laughs> so they they get down, I take it, right, with uh, partying New Orleans. Oh man, it's it's perfect. I mean, it's it's kind of like this. Uh, and in, in, in a lot of ways, it would be the best place to film a show, which is why, like, so much stuff is going on down there now. But, like, in a lot of ways, it's great for that reason. But as far as reality filming, it is tough because, like, you know, with alcohol comes, like, a whole nother side of human behavior, which makes, like, having all that equipment, trying to coordinate with people, like, all that stuff gets a lot harder when everyone stops caring about what you're talking about after 1130. Yeah. Yeah. How was it uh, adjusting with, like, the cameras and everything being in your face 24-7? Like, was it a weird uh, kind of uh, transition for you? No, not, you know, not really because, I mean, I'm on season 24. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we we had, you knew what to expect by then. Like, I, I get, like, anybody who was on seasons 1 through 10 might be like, oh, this is what it actually looks like to have, like, you know, the cameras and trying to look natural. But by season 24, we had already seen behind the scenes footage and reunion shows and all that good stuff. And so you already like, by the time I saw the cameras, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it should look like. You know, this makes perfect sense. So like getting it like adjusted to cameras being in your face was probably like it. I, I reckon by season 20 and on all the cast members were just like ready for it. Like we kind of knew what to expect. So it wasn't that bad. 
the confessionals are bad. That's where like someone like Jemmy or Knight are better because like I I can do this real well. Like interaction, you know, like have conversation, bouncing ideas or just talk, that's fine. But when it's just me with a camera, you know, I'm like I don't really know What's what I'm supposed to reveal to you guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. And then you need someone like Jemmy who's just like will talk to herself in the mirror. <laughs> hour and a half and be thoroughly entertained yeah she's still doing shows actually jemmy yeah i see her out there she's going you know she's she's on her fifth iteration of hair color this year she's doing well yeah she's working it i love her so did you enjoy the uh edit you got or because from watching it you kind of seemed like the voice of reason in the house like kind of normal everybody yeah. else kinda had their moments of mischief was eric up to uh you know, any tricks that we didn't potentially see on our screens? Like, or... 100%. Really? I, I, I mean, like, uh, it's just funny what you know, you know, as you get older and in retrospect. Because um, we, I think we were talking earlier off camera, but, like, I, I'm I'm not necessarily, like, addicted to creating drama. I'm not necessarily averse to it. Like, if I got it, if it happens, it happens. But I let a lot of stuff just roll off my back because I'm, I'm a relatively chill individual. You know what I mean? And so um, I was getting into some mischief and, you know, maybe whoring around a bit in New Orleans. But I was doing it, like, off camera only because, like, they – if you're filming a show with this cast group, like, the more interesting storylines are going to be, like, storylines within the, the group. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not – like, of course, now in my, like, producer brain, because I've done other shows, I get it. Where it's like if you have one guy that's going off and getting into a lot of trouble, but like on his own, well, that's not really conducive to like we got seven other voices in here who are like arguing with each other, you know, and so uh, or like sleeping with each other, whatever you want to, <laughs> whatever you want to do. So uh, there was a little bit that I had. I mean, I had some visitors come into the house or like stay the night or whatever, but again, it wasn't. Uh, it didn't. And like the. One little time it did cause some drama inside. Of course, that made the made the final cut. Right. But yeah, for the most part, I was a bit more like uh, the voice of reason at times, and uh, I didn't notice. It, and it, it didn't really like uh, upset me or anything. But uh, I don't know if I took the whole like Sahar Eric thing not happening as hard as like the Taking Back Sunday music would suggest. You know when they play. <laughs> They play that music on your face, and it's like, I don't know why you don't love me anymore. And it's like shows my face. And I'm just like, you know, <laughs> like chewing gum, like looking at this in the in the right. distance. And like, if you don't know any better, like I would always tell like maybe older viewers versus younger viewers, because older viewers would always say, Hey, how come they tried to make it look like you were so heartbroken? And younger viewers would be like, Hey, man, you were really heartbroken. And I'm just like, Oh, that's Smart. there it is. That's the magic. Uh, but it is what it is. Who wouldn't be heartbroken if Sahar didn't want him? I mean, look at her. She's a great lady. <laughs> Did they show, like, you with, um, you know, any other girls? Because I, I just remember the no. one instance of you and Sahar, obviously, of course. But right. then there was the other time, which, I mean, not to, you know, first of all, other girl looked like Sahar <laughs> that you brought she home. Did. But uh, did. Ryan did ended up... Uh, <laughs> Ryan ended up uh, doing you dirty a little bit there, but um, yeah, making her feel all awkward and weird. That motherfucker. Oh, am yeah. I allowed to say motherfucker on here? Yeah. My bad, man. Fine, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> weird ass dude. Is he still weird? 
No, I mean, he seemed like a fine guy to me. I mean, I don't know. All right, fair enough. I don't know your. I don't know how good your judge of character is yet, Mike. I have to. I have to hit him up myself and see if he's matured. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, that girl that you brought home. When I saw her, I was like, "Wow, Eric really nailed the good one here." Oh. Her home, but oh, I know how to pull him, bro. Yeah, but when uh, you know Ryan scared her off, I was like, if I'm in Eric's shoes, I don't know if I'm handling this as calm as he did. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I don't know if I was really that calm at all because I still kind of like flipped out on him. And sometimes the only the only regret I've ever had on the show was that I didn't flip out harder. Like really? I remember holding, yeah, I remember holding back because I had this like had this job still, and I in my head I was still a little bit. I was still a little bit, like, concerned that I might, like, you know, embarrass somebody or whatever, or, like, maybe act like the angry black guy or something like that. And I was like, I don't know if I – I was furious, but I, like, held back my emotion. And then, like, years went by, and I was like, dude, I should have threw his bed out of the freaking window. Like, I should have did something, like, absurd because who cares, you know? Like, at the end of the day, it wouldn't have mattered. It would have made for great theater. Yeah, but if I could go back, that's what I would I would do it, like, even harder. <laughs> you had that one scene where you hopped out of bed, I think, when you were, when I think when Ryan yeah. his brother over, and then, like, right. you were just, I think you were, like, just in your underwear, and you were, like, flexing on him. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen screenshots of that on uh, various uh, uh, gay reality fan pages on the internet, you know. Oh, there you go, you got a following somewhere. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. I, there's a nice imprint, there's a nice imprint of my guy. Yeah, <laughs> in the underwear there. I'm like, oh, look at that. Well, I'm glad I showed up for that one. Yeah, did that whole Sahar dynamic, I mean, you guys had that little, um, you know, kind of peck kiss at the bar or whatever I think it was. But then at the reunion, I think you were saying, like, uh, you know, there was a passionate kind of kiss that wasn't shown. Was that more or less a joke or was there actually? Uh... There was. I think it might have been. I think it was after we, um, after New Orleans Saints won the Super Bowl. It might have been on there. If not, then then. But yeah, there was a couple other times. There was a. I remember me and Sahar had this conversation, and and I kept waiting for the cameras to come up because we like snuck. We were in the house, and it was like after you know because the way it works is like you're all mic'd up for most of the day, and then like if you want to go to sleep, you know, then they'll like unmic you, and you can just go to bed. And then like for instance, that night that I hopped out of bed, and like they knew it was brewing. They could see me just all day, just like getting angry with this kid, getting angry with this kid. And then that happened. And then um, when Ryan comes into the room, they got the, bo they got the boom ready, you know what I mean? Because I'm not mic'd up. So it's like, how are they going to hear you? And anyways, uh, me and Sahar were like having a conversation. It was like late at night. But I mean, it was on camera, but we were in like this weird like day bed. And we we're just talking and she's telling me about this guy back in Michigan. And like, I don't think we should do anything, whatever. And it was like a nice little heartfelt convo. Anyways, uh, I kept waiting for like the cameras to like rush up the stairs. I was like, they're gonna fucking, they're gonna, they're gonna bum rush it at any point, but they never did. So I guess we were just pretty good at being covert about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pablo, uh, her boyfriend at the time, I think it was kind of. Yeah, yeah. Pablo, that was his name. Who still yeah. follow? I think I'm still friends with him on Facebook. I gotta get up. Really, Pablo? <laughs> I'm friends with him on Facebook. I just saw him pop up. That's it's so crazy that this is happening because I saw him pop up. Like the other day on the internet, and I was like, "Oh, that's the guy." What are the odds of that? Only oh, right. He's yeah. got an American. He's got an American Express card with 
with the Monopoly man on it. So he's still, I think he's still the same old guy. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was kind of feeling for you at the reunion because, I mean, you know, Sahar tried to play that whole, uh, you know, he's into me, I'm not into him card. And then the rest of the people kind of jumped in and were calling you like a creep and whatnot. And I was just dude, like, Damn. you know what? I'm, I have forgotten all about that. And I wish I screenshot it to, for some proof. But, uh, you know, some of the cast members have since apologized for that day. But that, if there's anything that ever turned me off of the whole world, it would have been that conversation. Because it was so weird. And I don't know if the producers, because one of the producers is a little bit older. And he was telling me, like, I guess his explanation to me, whether or not this was genuine, was that he meant like I was a creep, like I was creeping out of the house and like doing my own thing. That's at least what they were saying. And I was like, I don't think you understand how we use the word creep these days, bro. But like you call somebody a creep. That's like you're essentially calling me Harvey Weinstein. Those are fighting words. That's not cool. Yeah. And I had never done anything like that uh, to any of them. Like it was so because night may he rest in peace. There's like one day night like put his dick on Ashley's forehead while she was sleeping, which is literally something a creep would do. Right. (laughs) Like. (laughs) <laughs> like that is the definition of like creep behavior you know and yet they were calling that they were like calling me out and i was like what like give me an example and if you go back to that reunion show like i explicitly say like tell me like one time that i did anything that was like remotely creepish yeah. and um you know i think Mackenzie kind of like stutters or whatever but like nobody really has that they just kind of it reminded me then like oh these kids are dumb like the because when you do these, like, interviews, the producers will ask you these, like, leading questions. You know, so instead of saying, do you think Eric is a creep? They're like, Eric's a creep. Don't you think he's a creep? And they'll be like, Eric is a creep. And then, like, that's the, the edit that they cut for the show. And I just didn't understand where that came from. I was like, where is this narrative coming from? It's, it caught me so off guard. And I was, like, completely turned off. Because it just was this weird, weird, like storyline that that came from nothing like I, I didn't really know what that was other than it just paint they, they i guess they thought the audience didn't know me so they could just yeah they wanted to like justify that as to why and it was just so weird yeah because from what you were saying that um what was it the producers were telling you about uh you creeping around like the way that you know you're saying they explained that to you is definitely not the way it came across no. the reunion at all like they're the not at all from what and I mean it's on Paramount Plus. I mean, I was watching it the other day. It was like completely, you know, what we were just referencing, like the way yeah. they framed that. And I was like, I don't understand. Where did what that this- happen? Where yeah. did that, like, give me, give me like something that like where is this coming from? It was, it's still to this day, and I've never, uh, I've never really gotten over that. Like, I've never gotten because I mean, again, like you're you're essentially calling me something like that's reprehensible. That I would, if anything, especially compared to like my friends or whatever, I'm, I'm probably like the most feminist. I don't know. That sounds, I'm almost sounding like Donald Trump. I'm the most unracist guy I've ever met. I'm the most. But I mean, like, I, I couldn't imagine even fitting that description. Like, it's like, it would really disgust me. So for like f- six people who I thought knew me pretty well to like co-sign on that, it was like, it blew me away. And I just thought, oh, these kids are fucking dumb. They're yeah. just dumb, you know. And so, you know, just I just didn't. It, it, it is really what caused like a like I'll still 
you know, every now and then Jimmy hits me up on Instagram or like Ashley's hit me up. And I've seen a couple of the cast members. I met up with Sahar in Chicago once, you know, like just for a night out. Like it was like a Halloween night. And I just went up there. Not like for I went to Chicago because I wanted to go to Chicago. Sahar just happens to live there. But uh, of course, if I'm in your city, we're going to like hang out. But I've never let that go. Like I've never in my head. Like I've always just been like, you guys are fucking stupid. And, uh, you know, whatever, like, get over it. What's that? Have you ever brought that up to them? Like, when you guys have spoken or not? I brought it up to Jemmy once. And Mackenzie, like, brought it up herself and, like, just straight up apologized. And uh, brought it to Jemmy once. And then she, like, you know, kind of apologized. But I don't think she really fully understands, like, what that meant to me. Yeah. Uh, Because it was just so strange. And of course, of all that, because the only guy I ever actually got into like a real, like heartfelt argument with was Ryan. Like there was one joke I said that upset Sahar once. I don't know if it made the cut or not, but me and Ryan got into it like one time, and he was the only one on the show that was like, "I don't know what they're talking about." <laughs> so like, salute to Ryan for keeping it real. I should I should hit him up and be like, "Yo, you're the only real one, bro." Yeah. Yeah. So we'll stay on the topic of Ryan now because I want to hear kind of like your perspective because when I was asking him why he felt like there was somewhat of a disconnect between him and the house, yeah. you know, he seemed to uh, suggest that he didn't really take a liking to what he would consider you know, them maybe being a little fake for the cameras or whatnot, and maybe that's why. But why do you feel like uh, maybe you could speak to your own personal relationship with uh, Ryan, but like, why do you feel like uh, you know, him and the house – kind of you know butted heads well okay so i don't know what his current situation is like but at the time ryan was just i i would diagnose him as just being like pretty immature you know what i mean like he he was just an immature kid which is i mean he was fun and he could be funny you know and he was like a, a like a cool person to like he would have been a great friend if let's just say outside of the real world house if you just met ryan in real life he would have been a great guy to like be friends with and like go have drinks with and like hang out with, but never someone you want to like live with. You know what I mean? Like, like he's kind of gross. He would leave tissues everywhere, and he doesn't really have like um, uh, consideration for other people and their space and all that good stuff. Which is why you would cast him to be on the real world because he's gonna, he's you know people can't stand that kind of personality. You know what I mean? But uh, as far as fakeness for the camera, I mean. It's weird because Ryan is probably quite authentic. And even at the time, like, I don't think that he was pretending for the most part. I do think that that's who he really was. But I also think that he knew more than anybody, like, when the camera was rolling. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's a little bit like, I, I mean, all right, bro, I guess. But I w- that's probably my second regret, though, is I should have – we shouldn't have voted him out. I don't think that be- – um, even though he was a pain in the ass to live with, uh, I don't think that it was our right to kick him out of the house just because of that. Like, if right. he had done something, like, racist or if he had, like, wanted to fight people or if he was doing something that was, like, really harmful, then sure. But, you know, I think, like, other people have gotten kicked out because they, like, spat in someone's face or they slapped someone in the face or something like that. It's like, all right, yeah, well, you got to go. But, uh but uh, he was just, like, an inconsiderate person. Yeah. That's not enough to get kicked out of the house. Like, I really should have 
been on the other side of that coin and been like, dude, I know this sucks, but we didn't cast him. So we really shouldn't be the ones that say whether he can stay or go. Did you feel like anybody in the house was maybe, you know, putting on for the cameras in a way, like changing their personalities? Uh, no, I, I don't think anybody would ever change their personality. No, no, I don't think because they're they're kids and they're not they're not good actors. You know what right. I mean? Like, I know Sahar is an actor now, but nobody like if you if, if anybody was like really putting on, it would have been really transparent. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like the, none, none of them have been in a movie or a play or anything like that. So no, they're not. Uh, I don't think. I think that there might have been some exaggeration of your own personality type. Like Knight might have exaggerated himself a bit just to be bigger because because we're on TV, you know. Yeah. So it makes sense. But like being like quote unquote fake. Like I don't. I don't think that was really happening. What was your relationship like with Knight, like, prior to, uh, you know, obviously what transpired with him and how he passed? Oh, I mean, uh, so on the show, we were really tight. We were cool. Like, we, we, would, we would break off and have our own conversations, and Knight, off camera, to be fair, would probably be a little bit more introspective and, like, you know, was, he was definitely, like, an empathetic guy and, and could get real deep, you know, and have, like, you could see, like, you know, maybe where some of that darkness comes from as far as like addiction or whatnot, but also how he could like really know who he was. Like he knew himself pretty well. And um, he was, he was uh, like a real thinker, you know what I mean? And like was, was really clear on, on what his goals were and his intentions and whatnot. And he was, and it was cool. Uh, and then after the show, what was revealed to me, I mean, I don't know if she, it doesn't matter. I guess I'll tell you, but like, I, I guess Jemmy had revealed to me that, like, Knight thought that me and Jemmy had, like, a thing, which didn't exist. But, like, I, maybe that was why, like, towards the end of the show and then, like, afterwards, we didn't, like, necessarily hang out. Well, plus, you know, geographically, it would have been hard to hang out. Like, the kid lives in Wisconsin. I lived in Washington, D.C. So, uh, you know, we saw each other every now and then for some of those, like, appearance things and whatnot. But for the most part, um, after the show... We didn't necessarily like hit each other up and and talk really much, but I also was just holding a grudge on the whole cast because they just called me a creep. So <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't really talking to anybody. I kind of wrote everybody off because I just again like I never got over that. And so once that happened, uh, I wasn't really talking to anybody. Wow, so that was a real thing then, right? Because I mean, we just ta- obviously talked about it, but I didn't know right. like. It- uh, struck a chord that deep you know oh yeah dude that struck a huge chord i mean i was raised by like a single mom like i like treating women with respect is like a thing i pride myself on doing so again it was just so blindsiding i remember when they were like doing the interviews for the reunion show they had said that to me because like, they tried to lead me with that question it's just like so what'd you say you're a bit of a creep like the cat says you're a bit of a creep and you didn't and i was just like what are you talking about like what i don't know where that's coming from and then when they showed my little montage and then they showed that and all it is no stories nothing attached to it it's just like eric's a creep yeah eric's a creep and i'm like where where are you guys getting this and all of them co-sign and so yeah i wasn't talking to anybody for like a year or two um yeah, I held that grudge deep. I held that. I took that super personal. Wow. Yeah, no, they definitely, the, you know, producers from stories that have been told on here, they definitely, like, 
suggest or try to, I feel like, get cast members to say certain things in interviews? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, and again, it's like you're dealing with kids in their early 20s and they're trying to make a show. And I remember, like, half those producers have, like, degrees in psychology. Like, they know what they're doing as far as, like, making interviews that lead you with questions so you can, you know, they want to elicit, like, an answer that's going to fit for, like, narrative purposes. I mean, sometimes it's not with, like, I would say 95% of those questions aren't malicious. You know, like, they're not, like, they don't have, like, a mal intent to, like, make you look bad. I always tell people that, like, sometimes people say, like, oh, do they edit it to make you look bad? And I'm like, no, man, like, it's kind of hard to make someone look bad who wasn't bad in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, you said that. You did that. Sometimes the only thing that's misleading is maybe the chronological order of events. But as far as like you saying what you said or I mean, it's really hard to take things out of context for the most part. Mm. Yeah. So I just want to jump back into like what you mentioned before. Do you feel like, um, you know, with Knight thinking about that thing with you and Jemmy, do you feel like that maybe created a rift um, on his end with you or? I don't know if that's real. I mean, I guess you would have to ask her that because I wasn't as tight uh, in their relationship to know if it created a real rift. I mean, that was just something that was said to me. Uh, I mean, again, like the rift for me and him specifically might have been created that day at the reunion show. So like regardless of what he thought, if me and Jimmy had like an attraction to each other, I didn't really care. You know what I mean? Like. So I'm not sure if that was – I'm not even sure if that's real. Like, that's just something that I was told. But, um, you know, I, I don't think – again, we were we – were, we had a great relationship for, the, for the, the, the majority of the time I knew him. And even after the fact, you know, after the reunion, like, if I had seen him again, I, I'm sure – I'm, like, 99% sure we would have been fine. Like, there was no, like, animosity. Uh, I, we weren't, like, going on – other platforms like talking shit about each other or anything like that Mm. so yeah i'm not sure if that's real that might have just been something that i don't even know if that's something he said to her if that's something that she just suspected you know but it's just what was told to me but i think the yeah the rift i had with him was just the rift i had generally with the whole cast right yeah we're not as tight our cast compared to the other ones oh dude (laughs) i mean i've had uh you know most the Cancun cast, I'm like, you know, I've yeah. had them on there. Um, they're like so tight. Yeah, they're dope. I I was because I follow uh, Aia. Um, Aia, yeah, like we we've like had conversations just on social media. We've never met in person, but like she seems real dope. So we've like talked before, yeah. and I see her with her cast members. I'm like, damn, and like they are fucking close, bro. Like they're they made real friends on that show, and even some of the older cast members like i think hawaii or whatever but like they stayed tight and uh my group uh you know like i think ashley and jemmy might be friends Mm -hmm. and that's kind of it in actuality you know what i mean like mackenzie like went back to florida and like is doing whatever just being a being a mom yeah and and jemmy's still in it and ashley is like killing it on the radio in boston which is dope but you know I live outside the country anyways. It's hard enough for me to keep in close contact with my own family, so, yeah. No, no dude, like, I've actually had, like, held, like, Cancun reunions, like, on this channel, too. So, Get like, out of here. Yeah, that's Yeah, like a, I mean, I'm a little bit joke. I, I thought that that's what was going to come from this before yeah. I got did the show. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to, like, like, this is going to be a thing that, like, 
never goes away. Mm. And uh, I guess I don't know what it was about our dynamic. I don't really know what happened, but I, I can tell you that, yeah, that reunion show for me was like an easy, like, get the fuck out of my life type situation. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'll always be friendly with those people. You know, like we still have this experience and I'm just not a natural asshole. I can be a dick, but I'm not like a natural, like, I hate you kind of guy. So if I saw them, it'd be nothing but hugs and laughs. But again, like until I got some real affirmation that there was like some remorse for what was said at that reunion show, then, you know, there'll always be a little bit of like a, a arm's length with that with that group for me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Ashley just got married recently and Jemmy was at her yeah. wedding. So. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, those two got a real, they got a real thing going, which good for them. You know what I mean? That's what should happen. Yeah. Right. What, what, was, uh, what was it like hanging out with Sahara like, when you met up in Chicago? Oh, it was fun. It was fun. I was, I mean, uh, again, I, I do pretty well for myself, like, financially speaking. I'm, I'm comfy, you know what I mean? So, like, I went there and was like, I brought like a, a friend or two with me and we had gotten some, we just had like a, a nightclub bottle buy-in Halloween night out in Chicago, you know, and just like got, got drunk and had fun. You know what I mean? It was like a super good time. And Sahara is, is great. Like I got, I don't personally hold ill will towards any of them. Uh, I just don't, in my neighborhood, we'd be like, I just don't really fuck with you like that. Does that make sense? Like there's, there's like certain types of, bonds that you'll have with people or like you know things that you would reveal to like your closest friends that maybe i just you know i, I look at them like co-workers that i'm that i like a lot you know what i mean yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> like they're like really good really good work friends yeah yeah <laughs> but um yeah with your cast i mean you guys have a really you know popular season like obviously i mean i mentioned paramount plus like people have been going back and watching that season they really enjoy it but there is also the um you know asterisk of maybe the not so heavy you know or prominent you know challenge um yeah presence yeah. of your cast on the shows like obviously jemmy has done a bunch and she's still doing you know she's on that all-star she's on that all-star season i told you about with the uh, older real worlders and whatnot but she did a bunch of the she did a bunch of the main challenge shows and uh you know knight went on to do three preston did three i think mackenzie did one you won, yeah it. Um, and everybody was kind of shocked to see that you and Ashley, who they would pretty much call the two most athletic, even Ryan, yeah. from a drama standpoint, would have been a pretty good yeah. fit. Yeah. So so this is pretty much going to lead into my point now. And uh, this question always comes up. Why didn't we see you on a challenge? You know, when, when or if did you get called? How many times did right. you get called? Like, what was the T on uh, why this didn't come to fruition? I got called once uh, to see if I could do Battle of the Seasons. And at the time, I was living in the Dominican Republic. And, uh, you know, I was just, I had a good thing going down there. I was making some some decent coin. And I just felt like, I don't know if I, well, plus I had signed a contract for this job down there. And I'm a big man of my word type of person. So I didn't want to, like, leave this job I was doing high and dry. Even though they're, like, temporary jobs, I, I, I do my own thing in that regard. But, you know, I was like, oh, man, I, I, I just wasn't available and I, I don't know how the producers took that, but I, I think because I said no, then I, especially given maybe my like open rift with the way things ended, you know, 
I think they just thought that that meant I'm done forever because I've never gotten a call again. Wow. Yeah. That's because, yeah, there was that I'm pretty sure I saw because they, you know, the fans dig up, you know, who's getting called and they always right, know. Right, right. And uh, there was like some website, I think, of called Close Calls where they show like, you know, who either declined or accepted and wasn't used or dropped out and all things of that nature. I think I did see the Battle of the Seasons one. And then there was another yeah. one. There was a rumor that you and Sahar both accepted for uh, X's too. I know you guys, the X's term a little stretched, but they pair people. It's a little bit, yeah, but it is what it is. I get it. You know, yeah, they pair people. Yeah. You know, but um, right. Yeah, there was a rumor that you guys accepted that and just you know weren't used. I take it that that didn't oh. happen. That that rumor is not real. But I tell people all the time, like, dude, I'm not above it. Like, I stay in shape. I do my abs every day. You know, I'm still single out here. I gotta look good for these people, Mike. You know, <laughs> I can't, I'm, I'm I'm not married yet. I I gotta I gotta stay fit. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm ready for the call. I'm 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 ready to kick some ass on that show, but I'm also not like thirsty enough to like seek it out. Like my my life is going pretty well, and I'm doing like some really fun, awesome things, like traveling the world. So it is like I, I'm kind of living that because these challenges are like filmed everywhere, right? They like go all over. Yeah, they've been doing. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I'm kind of like living that lifestyle like on my own. Like I, <laughs> like I've lived in Brussels. <laughs> yeah, I've lived in. I lived in South Africa. I lived in in uh, the DR and Mexico. It's like, dude, I'm I'm doing it anyways. So life is already a challenge. Uh, but you're you're living a challenge life just minus you know running into a bunch of grown men and then living with a bunch of 29 year old uh you know yeah. <laughs> adult, adult drunks. <laughs> But, um, you know, again, if, if it were to come up, like, especially right now, because I'm just I'm a full time comedian right now. I'm not really uh, doing any of my other like side hustle work. So I'm, I'm technically available for it at the moment. I mean, I'm just doing stand up. But again, like I prioritize everything in life. So, you know, I'm not I wouldn't necessarily be like a guaranteed get. But, um, you know, you never know. Again, I'm ready. I'm ready for these boys. Yeah, I was like, and I always tell people this, too. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm so... Like, if you were to just take a casual fan, right? Tell them to turn on New Orleans, you know, with their remote control. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. watch it without any knowledge of as to what prior happened, what happened after. And you ask them, which of these people you think, you know, went on to do challenges? I guarantee you they say you and Ashley out of the guy... One guy and one girl. That would make and, sense. Yeah, and, and this ain't no slight to Preston. Obviously, he was a great guest. Love him as a cast member. I would, yeah, even, I, would, I would still have him on three shows, but for like the specific nature of Battle of the Seasons in general, I think right. that you and Ashley, because I think it was, it was Knight and Jemmy, and then Preston yeah. and Kenzie rounded out the team. I would have right. kept keep Knight and Jemmy, obviously, yeah. but... Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I wonder, I, I, like, I'm sure they reached out to Ashley. I don't know her story as to why she wouldn't do it. Maybe she was, like, working on the radio and just felt like she wanted to prioritize that, um, which is fair. I mean, that was a good call on her part, yeah. if that's the case, because I, I can't imagine they didn't reach out to her. I think I heard she was an alternate for Battle of the Seasons, but I just, uh, I just can't, and I just can't believe that they wouldn't use her over Mackenzie, though. So I'm just, yeah. like, confused. Yeah, and maybe they just wanted that. Uh, I mean, Mackenzie might be pretty. I, I'm not sure if she's like a surf. She she looks like a surfer lady. She might be out there, like, you know, having. She's got the Pilates body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's the it's the other type of fitness. 
So maybe that's what they were going for. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have, like, any, you know, uh, competition background? Because, like, you know, you looked like a Greek god on your real-world season. Like, what were you uh, doing? Oh, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, like, I, I played, like, high school sports, of course. But then, like, after that, it's, it's mainly just, like, I, I've always, my brother, like, if you looked up my brother, Brandon Patrick, he's, you, like, we just kind of have it in our DNA, like, staying in shape and, like, you know, playing sports and being athletic. It's just kind of like a thing, especially, like, having a brother that's, like, four years younger than you. Like, we just had this internal competition all the time right. uh, of, like, beating each other up and playing basketball and stuff like that. So, yeah, you just always have to be ready. That's that's pretty much what it is. Like, <laughs> in my house, like, you got to be ready because they're trying to take you at any moment. And so that, that's kind of how that that came about for me, uh, you know, kind of staying in shape. Did you meet any of the uh, challenge contestants, like, you know, on bar appearances or whatever? Uh, I think, I'm not sure if I did. If I did, I kind of put it out of my brain. I, you know, because the, the bar appearance circuit, you know, I met the most was the Jersey Shore cast. Wow. Yeah. I, live, I live, like, right, you know, by all those people, yeah. Do, really? Do they still live in New Jersey? I, I never, <laughs> I always assume that they would. I think Snooki does. Snooki and, oh, okay. and JWoww do. I don't know about yeah. the other. I met all of them multiple times in a variety of ways. Like, I remember I got booked to do comedy at this upfront for MTV, and the cast was there. Because when our season was on, the Jersey Shore was only on season two. You yeah. know, so they were still kind of, like, new to the game, too. You know, so they weren't, like, these mega, mega, mega stars like they are now. They were, of course, like destined to be and i think they knew it but like nonetheless uh they were still relatively accessible and uh yeah i i, I would see them like pretty often like especially because i was living in new york so like the situation and like the Ro ronnie and like and snooki i saw at the like the mtv up fronts and then like a couple of appearances but i saw them like multiple times it was weird and then as far as real world folks not i'm just trying to think I don't think I saw. I, I I know I did, but I can't even remember. I think I saw like the a couple of the um, the DC people, uh, uh, whatever reason. Probably yeah, like, like yeah, Andrew Woods. I think his name was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I met him, and then uh, oh man, uh, in LA, I I can't remember. I think I I saw um, a couple of real world folks, but yeah, that nothing like really sticks out. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I at the time when real uh not real world um jersey shore first came out because being in the area like they took they took off like the first they weren't even supposed to they were supposed to be like alternating casts every season they weren't supposed to yeah. keep the same group of people but because of how popular season one was and how much of a hit it was they just like rode it till the wheels fall off and you know so fortunately, fortunately enough the wheels are still going them. yeah they're still churning isn't that crazy <laughs> good for them man i don't know how they have the energy I think they got, like, their kids on the show and stuff now. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, it's like keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah. Everybody was hoping we would have saw them at some point make the crossover, but I think, like, they don't even need to at this point. They just make so much money off of this show yeah. that it's no. just not even worth it. No, we'd be lucky enough to cross over into their universe. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not a chance. Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah, it, it is impressive. It's, like, an impressive run for them. I mean, they kind of took the reality uh, platform and, like, to the next level, you know what I mean? 
as far as like creating like their own brand and whatnot. It's just so impressive. It, it was such a like a risk too. Like there was no guarantee that people were gonna like like it or resonate with it. Yeah, yeah. But then of course, in retrospect, you see exactly why people would like it and resonate with it. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, we're gonna act trashy. I got all the gel in my hair, abs and sex and abs and sex. <laughs> that I, I should start a magazine called Abs and Sex. It would sell. People would be like, yeah, there you go. Love yeah. it. Love it. Give me more of it. You ever been to the area where the Jersey Shore was? Oh, from? yeah, yeah. Like, again, I went to West Virginia University. We had plenty of Jersey Shore happening. You know, these kids aren't the brightest in the bunch. They, Of course, I went to college with them. And so <laughs> uh, they were like on my intellect. And, yeah, I went to Jersey Shore a bunch of times. I got friends up there. Yeah. Uh, it's an interest. I mean, I went right where they were filming. Like, I think as they were filming, I was there and wow. saw that going down. Yeah, uh, before any of that stuff like came to fruition. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a definitely a, a interesting place. Only place in the world where they charge you to go onto the beach. You got to pay like ten bucks to walk the Jersey Shore, which is ridiculous to me. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like. This is the worst beach in America, and we're going to make sure you pay for it. I'm like, what are we doing? Why are we doing that? That beach is terrible. It syringes. Is. Yeah. Seaweed and syringes. <laughs> <laughs> what was that bar appearance uh, you know, scene like for you? How long were you doing it for? Like, what oh, like- man. Oh, I got a uh, – I was doing it for like a, a maybe like 18 months after the show. I was doing it for like a year and a half until it kind of – I was doing it until a new season came. Put it that way. Gotcha. Yeah, until there was a new season on television, I was still getting booked. And uh, and it was fine. It was fun. There's a couple of um, – a little bit of drama. There was like this I, – I think uh, because, you know, there's there's these guys, these little like leechy kind of guys that want to be like your bar booking agent, you know? And they'll like they'll like hop on you, and they the producers tell us about they warn us about them. They're like, dude, they're gonna come, they're gonna try to like sign you to be like your agent, just like pay them no attention. And then this one guy like pitched it to me, and I was like, look, man, we can work together. I'm not signing anything. I mean, he was like, well, I'm gonna tell people you're my client. And I was like, fine, whatever. And uh, uh, nonetheless, someone offered me to do something in D.C., and they went through him, and he was like, I, he he's a thousand dollars or something like that, and they were like, no. <laughs> so then they just like found me on Facebook and they're like, look, bro, we'll give you like, you know, 300 bucks to come here and like, you know, hang out. And I was like, I'll take it. It's right by my house. <laughs> like, I can be there in five minutes and I get to drink for free and get $300. Of course, I'll do that. Um, and then he found out about it. And he was like furious. He was like, I told them no. They're trying to undercut you, bro. You're worth more than that. Like, don't do it. And I was like, oh, well, I already said I would. And so then he like, purposely got me like an appearance for like 800 bucks in atlanta georgia and i was like uh all right and he was like on the same night he was like i got you this thing stick with me i got you and so i went down to atlanta georgia to go to this appearance for like 800 dollars. and then i looked at the flyer and i was like this is like an interesting place like what am i getting myself into and then i walked in and sure enough there was like a whole group of people. They had their shirt tied like this. Like oh. they, somebody tied my shirt. They're dancing, and I was like, "Oh, this! I'm doing a gay bar appearance," and like people were like on me, which is fine. I mean, my brother's gay. Like I, I have no 
quarrel with that. I just didn't know that that's what I was signing up for. And then I was like kind of like on display. Like I was like, I was like this, it was like people were looking at me like I was like an exhibit, you know, and they were like coming up and just like, I did not know that you were in this lifestyle. Like I had no idea that you were in. And I was like, oh no, I'm, 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 uh, I'm a cis boy. Like I'm straight. Like I'm, I'm just here because I'm, you know, I don't mind. But it was like totally just like not explained to me what was going on. Wow. Were you, yeah. alone? Were you alone on that one? Yeah, I was alone. Jeez. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a, a thrown into the lion's den, and I mean, of course, I played along. I got, I, I'm pretty comfortable with my, with my, I got no, no problem. But I was like, you could have at least told me that that's what I was doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? What was, what was your favorite location you went to on one of the appearances? Oh man, uh, I, I'd probably there was like some random club in like Pennsylvania. And somebody booked me for I can't remember what it was. It was like I think it was Easton, Pennsylvania or something like that. I don't know. It was a small town. But they were going crazy. They were just like super keen, like ready to have a good time, treating me like I was some type of like actual celebrity. It was hilarious. And then the the same time I was there, there was like some porn star that's from that town that was also there, like just visiting home. And then <laughs> it turned into like an absurd night. You know what I mean? Just like people going crazy, getting like naked in the bar. Like it was, it was wild. It was like just this wild thing. It made me feel like I was living like some rock star life. <laughs> Did you yeah. introduce yourself to the porn star? I had to. I felt obligated. Oh God! I mean, yeah. I was, Hello. I don't even. I don't know your work, but I'm sure I'll look it up. I guess so you seem <laughs> like a nice lady. Uh, <laughs> you seem. You seem very personable. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was fun. It was an interesting night. Jesus, they 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 were going they were going real hard over there. Yeah, all, all kinds of stuff spread out on the table in the open. I noticed like when you go to small towns and you go to these like clubs in these small towns, like they do a lot of illegal stuff just in the open. Like they're just not they're not too worried about law enforcement in these places. Yeah. And so like that night in particular was like a Tarantino film. There was just like so much going on around me. It was yeah. like, absurd. So this will draw me back to a similar point when I mentioned about the uh, you know Paramount Plus with uh, streaming yeah. channel All Stars, and I think I mentioned about Real World Homecoming. Loads of people want to see a, a Real World Homecoming season in New Orleans again with uh, you guys, uh. and I and I pitched this idea with um, when I just had Ryan on. He actually said he'd be open to it. I want to hear your thoughts now. Say if they were to uh, bring you all back, revisit you guys, bring you guys back together. Kind of, an, I feel like it'd be cool and special if they did it somewhat of a, in a light, paying tribute to Night in a way. Obviously, yeah. gone. I think that'd be yeah. obviously a focal point there. Yeah. Uh, is that something you would be open to? Uh, so it would be again like, I'm just I'm a I'm big in prioritizing what I got going on in life. So like, let's say that if that idea was pitched to me like today, like with everything I got going on. I probably would do it. You know what I mean? Like I would, I hopefully I don't have gigs that I feel like super obligated to, to fulfill. But if I, if I, if I was just doing like just some, you know, like my, the comedy tour I got going is, is, is great. But I think I got like, you know, maybe another month of that, but nonetheless, yeah, I'd be open to it. Like I'm not, um, I'm not like obligated to be in some country to do some job or whatever. 
so it'd be fine. But if I was like on a contract, if I was working, if I was doing something else, and it just wasn't lining up, like I'm not about to like, yeah, I'm not about to like leave work or this lifestyle to go, you know, rehash some stuff that doesn't really matter. Yeah, but I would be open to it for sure. But if I'm playing devil's advocate here, would you rather challenge yeah. all stars call you, or would you <laughs> go to real? Oh, world? oh no, definitely challenge. Definitely challenge all stars. I'm trying to make that money, Mike. The money. <laughs> I want that. I want to. I want to show off. That I'm more equipped for that. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, sure. I'm a competitive guy. Like that makes more sense. Like drama for my feelings. That's not really like my number one uh attribute like i mean again it happens you can like wind me up if you're if you're that type of person but that's not my thing but like yeah you want me to like you know bash somebody with some aluminum whatever thing they got going like gladiator style oh i'm all in yeah wow dude it's such a shame that we didn't you know get to see you on battle the season any season in you know that aspect but no, yeah. I got to reach out to Theo Vaughn because I think he didn't he do some challenges. I think Theo Vaughn did a couple challenges. He did. Yeah, he did. Like I, I, I want to talk to him about it only because, uh, you know, that's how he did his thing. We're both in the comedy game. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, it would be interesting. Although Theo's like blown up. He's taking that next step that I'm trying to get to. Right, right. Do you have yeah. anything that uh, you want to plug or promote or talk about upcoming plans? Oh, man. Well, um, I got this Sydney project that's on YouTube now. It's it's it. I'm proud of that. That's like a it's like a comedy special I did down here. Uh, but next year I'm working on Sydney Project Volume Two, and I'm live streaming like a a talk show, a comedy talk show called Live from Sydney. Um, it's every Tuesday at eight here in Sydney, and we're doing the live stream probably in like a couple of weeks because we're still building the show. But uh, uh, that's a it's a great that's a great show. It's super fun. The the comedy scene down here in Sydney is like fantastic. They got so many good comedians, and um, we were the first ones to like be open during the pandemic. Like the live stuff here didn't really stop, so it's it's great. And uh, that's gonna stream, I think. But on the East Coast, it's like the only part in the world that we're kind of like not trying to get to, because I yeah. think it would be like 3 a.m. But, like, the clips will be up on the Live from Sydney, like, Instagram and, like, YouTube page, so. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to do this with me today, man. No I, problem, bro. Good I, luck. Yeah, but want to get you on here for quite some time. I'm one of the uh, spokesmen for trying to get Eric Patrick on a challenge after get all. Get me on a challenge. I, you be my campaign manager, Mike. You know I'll, what I mean? Your MC. <laughs> all right. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I'm down for it. I appreciate you having me on and, and keep on doing good work. I mean, this, this show is like super professional and like, it's great. I love that you've been churning them away and there's, there's an audience for you. So that's really cool. And, uh, it's just, it's great to see you out here doing it, man. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. And you know, if by some chance you're ever doing a show in uh, New York, let me know. I might come catch it. I'll be back in New York, man. Hey dude, is New York like opening back up? Like what's happening up there? Oh yeah. Dude, we yeah. Are- yeah, at gyms in uh, New York, New Jersey, don't have uh, mask requirements anymore. Like they just said, like now, like indoor places, businesses are allowed if they choose to. Obviously, like don't have to, uh, you know, require masks anymore. So things are uh, pumping and running. There we go. And you guys are. Um, I mean, how are you with the vaccine, dude? Are you getting it? Are you thinking about it? Are you? 
Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gotten it yet, but, you All know, right. we're, we're, right. we'll cross that bridge when we get there. All right, fair enough. Go ahead and take your time, bro. It's all good. I I got my first jab uh, last week, man. Um, I had just for the travel purposes, I had no choice. I'm just hoping it doesn't, you know. I don't want to grow a, like a third penis or anything. I don't want to get like a, <laughs> like a like a foot, a foot growing out of my butt cheek or whatever. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully nothing goes wrong. But um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, for sure. All right, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Good luck, bro. You too. Take care. All right, bro. Have a good night.